I do want to tell you about a fellow that I have met just recently. Just met him one time for probably 30 minutes. And I will tell you that the Lord used that time to really bless my heart. And, and every time that I think of him in the years to come, I will be blessed over and over again. It, it was about a month ago. December 13th, actually, was the day. Our family was all driving to Hallsville, Missouri, which is north of Columbia. That's where my son Jonathan has moved to. It was our plan to meet there, and uh, he and Chauncey have bought a new house. This was going to be the first time that, that we had been able to gather and, and meet at his house, and, and several in the family uh, had not seen his house at all, so it was a, a time of celebration. And also we were going to be there for a Sunday service. It was going to be the first time that we were at his new church. It was a weekend that we were excited about. Uh, Cindy and Rebecca and I were, were traveling from Fort Scott to Hallsville. My daughter Abby and her husband Logan were traveling from Joplin to Hallsville. Uh, the day that we picked to travel was not a good day to travel on. It, it was raining very hard. Uh, it was cold. It was in the upper 30s. It wasn't freezing, but the temperature was dropping. It, it just was a nasty day to travel on, and it was a nasty day to have a blowout on my tire in the van. Uh, that blowout happened halfway between Kansas City and Columbia on Highway 70, uh, we heard the tire blow, and, and I was on the phone at the time, and I had heard it. Cindy was sitting uh, behind me. She heard it. She said, Kevin, we got a problem, and I got the van over onto the shoulder without any kind of problem. I opened the, the, the door, and I looked back behind me to my rear tire, and sure enough, it was as flat as it could be. I closed the door, and I just sat there for a moment just trying to gather in my mind what I needed to do. The first thing I did, I, I decided I needed to pull the van over as far as I could get it. I got it. In fact, uh, the only thing left on the shoulder of the road were the two tires on my side. And uh, so I got out. I, I knew I needed to get out. I was going to get wet. I was going to get cold. But that's what I was having to deal with. Cindy was not volunteering to get out and change a tire. It was going to be my job to do. And so I, I got out, I opened the hatch of the van, and, and uh, we were pretty loaded with luggage and, and uh, supplies for the weekend. And so I was rearranging all of that to try and get to uh, where the jack was. I don't know if you have ever tried to get a jack out of the storage of a minivan. But it, it's actually a harder thing to do than, than to change the tire. <laughs> but uh, I was messing with the luggage, and then I began wrestling with the jack, trying to get it out of the van. And about that time, Rebecca got my attention. She said, Dad, somebody has stopped to help us. And I, I turned then to where she was pointing to this fellow. He was actually on the service road south of the highway. He was crossing the ditch and walking across the, the grassy area to where we were at. He was in dress clothes, 
no jacket on, but he was coming to help us. And so I, I stopped what I was doing. I, I, I began talking with him. He said, I see you've got a problem and I'm here to help. I'll do whatever you need me to do. He said, if you, if you want me to drive you somewhere uh, to get some help, I'll do that. If you want help changing the flat tire, I, just whatever you need, I'm here to help you. I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. And we're getting drenched as this is happening. And it's cold. But he's there to help me. And uh, I said, well, I, I think I, I want to change the tire. That I, there's no need for you to drive me anywhere. I just, I think, you know, I'll change the tire and get that done. And he said, is your, is your spare tire okay? Has it got air in it? And I said, I hope so. <laughs> uh, so he said, I'm going to go back to my vehicle and get some more clothes on. And uh, so I Okay, so in the meantime, I continued. I, I won the wrestling match with the jack. I got it out of the van. I was able to uh, get the, the van jacked up. And uh, then I began working on the spare tire, getting it out from underneath the van. That's quite a process if you've ever had to do that before. And uh, got the spare tire out. It felt like it had air in it. And I then began to loosen the the bolts on, on the flat tire. I got the tire off, and by this time, my new friend, uh, who was from St. Joseph, Missouri, he told me, uh, he had come back, and, and I'm thinking, you know, I've taken the tire off, and he's gone to, to this trouble to help me. I'm going to let him put the, spare tire, or put the spare tire on the van. And so he proceeded to do that. And he's tightening the lug, no, the lug no, uh, nuts on, on the spare tire, and, and we're beginning to talk. And uh, I simply said to him, you have to be a Christian. And he looked up at me with a smile, and he said, yes, I am a Christian. And so I said, we're Christians too. And I began to then convey to him that I was actually a preacher at a church in Fort Scott, Kansas. He asked me uh, what church that I preached at. I told him Community Christian Church. And uh, we're actually on our way to Hallsville, Missouri, where my son has taken a new ministry. And, and we're going to be there with him on Sunday for the first Sunday that, that our family has been together at his new church. And so we just were, were talking with one another and, and uh, getting wet getting more and more drenched and more cold and and uh, we got the spare tire on and we got the spare tire or the flat tire back into the van and uh, I thanked him multiple times I just felt like I couldn't thank him enough for what he had done for me and the kindness that he had shown to me in that kind of a situation particularly and uh, we went on our way. I, I thought about trying to get his name and address, but I just felt a little awkward saying, can I have your name and address? I want to send you a thank you card. <laughs> so I just tried to thank him there on the spot, and, and then I will tell you what I have done several times since. I have prayed for him. I have prayed for God to bless him for His kindness to us. That God would just pour His grace upon this fellow 
whatever his name was, from St. Joseph, Missouri. Well, fast forward three weeks. We went through the, the Christmas holiday and the New Year's holiday. We had been on a trip to Oregon for 10 days to visit my brother, and, and we're back and, and in the office the first day uh, of the 2nd of January, and I'm going through my mail, and I notice a package. I look at the, the return address, and there's a name there that I don't recognize, the name Brian Green from St. Joseph, Missouri. I'm thinking, do I know a Brian Green from St. Jo- I don't know if I know anybody from St. Joseph, Missouri. And so I open the package, and inside there's another package of coffee. Coffee. And there's a note, and so I look at the note. Do you know who it's from? It's from my new best friend in St. Joseph, Missouri, who helped us that day on the highway. He had got my name, though I had not got his name. He had heard me say that I was a preacher at Community Christian Church in Fort Scott, Kansas. I'm sure what he did, he went home, he looked it up on the internet. He got my name, the church address, and he sent me a gift of coffee. And he's he's writing on his note, I I hope you had a good weekend with your son in Columbia, Missouri. I hope you didn't have any more problems along the way. This is some of our favorite coffee from Columbia, Missouri. I hope you and your family enjoy it. And I'm thinking... Amazing. It was amazing to me that he stopped in those conditions to help me change a flat tire. And then he just went on over the top and sent me a gift. (laughs) That fellow exemplified for me the Spirit of Christ. And though I may never meet him again this side of heaven, I'm thinking in my mind of what he's done for me and the kindness that he has shown for me. And I'm thinking, I'm going to be blessed every time I think of that, probably until the day I die. I'll never forget what he did and the kindness that he's shown. Of course, I now had his name and address, and so I was able to write him a thank you note this last week. And not only did I thank him, but I said to his wife, Marta, he had signed her name as well, I said to her, Marta, you you are so lucky to be married to a man like that, who is that thoughtful and that considerate. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture today where people were making excuses as to why they weren't going to follow Jesus. And throughout this sermon, I just want to refer back to Brian because there's so many excuses that he, he could have relied on. He could have, he could have had some really good excuses for not helping me that day. 
but he chose not to rely on excuses. He just simply went over the top in exemplifying Christ to someone that he didn't even know. Let me read to you, first of all, from Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everyone the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. My first point is simply this. Excuses are so easy to resort to. And sometimes... Those excuses sound pretty legitimate that we come up to, and and they can be so convincing to us. These excuses in this text that we've just read, they seem to be very legitimate excuses, but as you dig a little bit deeper into the text, they were not as legitimate as they sounded. The guy who says to Jesus... First, let me go and bury my father. Most scholars believe that what was taking place with this fella actually is his father had not yet died. And he's saying to Jesus, I'll follow you later, but not now. I'll wait until after my father dies. Later down the road, Jesus, I'll follow you Then, there are responsibilities that I have at home that I must take care of. And once those responsibilities are out of the way, then I will follow you. In his mind, it was a legitimate excuse. But but think about it. Who knows how long that was going to be? We have no indication from the text that his father was on his deathbed. Maybe even his father was in good health. Who knows how long his father was going to live? Two years? Five years? Ten years down the road? And what this fellow is saying to Jesus, I'll follow you then, but not now. And Jesus is simply saying to this fellow, no, I want you to follow me right now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not on your timetable. I want you to follow me on my timetable. I want you to follow me today. I want you to follow me right now. No reason to wait. Well, there's another fellow in this text. He seems to have a legitimate excuse too. He says, let me first go home and say goodbye to my family. And that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? I don't want you to think that Jesus was being unreasonable with this fellow. He wasn't. You and I both know he's all for family. And I don't think he would have a problem with with someone going home and saying goodbye to their mom and dad before they left on a mission trip and they're going to be gone for a long time. I don't think Jesus would have had a problem with that. But there seems probably to be something a little deeper than just that. 
Most people think that what, this, what was happening here as they interpret this text is that this fellow is saying, I want to go home and say goodbye to my mom and dad. And then I, I want to go over here and I want to say goodbye to Aunt Betty and Uncle Jim. And, and then I want to go over here and I want to say goodbye to my cousin Billy. And, and, then, and, and how long is he going to wait? And how much time is he going to let pass before he's ready to follow Jesus? I mean, at this rate, it could have been weeks, it could have been months. How long is he willing to wait before he's willing to give his all to Jesus? And Jesus is is saying, I don't want you to put me on hold. I don't want you to say that you're going to follow me later. I want you to say that you're going to follow me right now. I, I want you to do my thing, not your thing. And that's the point here from... I think this text is Jesus wants our total devotion right now. No reason to wait until tomorrow. No reason to wait until next week or next month. I want your total devotion right now. It's easy for us to make excuses though, isn't it? Just like these ones in the text. I was thinking about just the different areas that we oftentimes make excuses about. I, I know folks make excuses about going to church. You know, the one that I hear the most with that is simply this, and you can fill in the blank. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. What, what are you busy doing? What are these folks busy doing? They're busy doing what they want to do instead of doing what God wants them to do. We are busy. We're busy, busy, busy. And you remember the old saying, if Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy. Be careful that you don't become so busy that your agenda takes precedence over God's agenda. And make sure that you are not teaching your kids that church and and God are secondary to everything else. Church is something we do, kids, if it works into our schedule. Church is something we do if it's convenient. Church is something we do if there's not something better to do. I want you to, to, to be thinking along the lines of how Jesus thinks that that Church should be more than that to us. It's his body. It's his family gathering together for worship. To lift up his name. To exalt him above every other name. To come and be encouraged and to be taught. And and to come and, and give encouragement to others who need it. It's his bride. We make excuses as to why we we can't read our Bible or as to why we can't pray on a regular basis. Again, we use the excuse, I'm so busy. Well, 
some things, don't you, don't you agree with me? Some things should take priority over other things. And certainly our relationship with Jesus should be priority number one. As we begin a new year, make this book a priority in your life. As we begin a new year, make that time with God in the prayer closet a priority for your life. If you want to grow, you need to spend time in this book. You need to spend time, quality time with Him in the prayer closet. Don't let any excuse keep you from being with Him. We make excuses for lots of things. We make excuses for why we can't tithe. I I can't afford to, we say. I, I don't read anywhere in Scripture that our giving is to be based on whether we can afford to or not. It's simply a principle that is taught throughout Scripture. And if we will follow that principle, if we will obey that principle, then we can expect a blessing from God to us. We make excuses for why we don't witness. I, I don't know what to say. I'm afraid. I don't know what others will think. What if they ask me some questions I don't know the answer to? On and on the excuses go that we make for why we don't witness and and why we don't serve and why we don't give and why we... The excuses may sound legitimate to us. But they are not enough to excuse us from that which He wants us to do. That leads me to my second point. Jesus doesn't go for our excuses He demands discipleship. And you see that from the scripture that we've looked at, the excuses that were offered to Jesus in this text that we've just read from Luke chapter 9. They did not sway Jesus' opinion. He wasn't changing his his thought path. He didn't say to these people, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. You're right and I'm wrong. You go ahead and do your own thing and when you get ready, come follow me and that'll be okay with me. That is not what Jesus said at all. When the people offered excuses to him as to why they couldn't follow him right now, Jesus called for them to change their pattern of thinking. Put away your excuse and come follow me right now. Let me... Let me look to you or look at Luke chapter 14. We see some other folks who are making excuses. Let's just see what Jesus had to say to them as they made their excuses. Beginning with verse 16. But he said to him, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. 
Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have married a wife and for that reason I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the slave said, Master, what you have commanded has been done. Still there is room. And the the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and, and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Jesus wasn't happy with those who gave excuses. My friend Brian, who who stopped to help me, think about all the excuses that he could have given. You know, the it's raining hard and it's cold. And I'm not dressed for this occasion. And I don't want to get wet and The holidays are coming and the chance of getting sick. I don't want to do that. It's right right there on the highway. It's so dangerous. I don't know this guy. He might be a nut. (laughs) I don't want to take the chance. I mean, he, he had so many opportunities for excuses, but he laid those excuses aside. And I'm thinking if we had a chance to hear from him in his perspective as to why he stopped to help me on that day, December 13th, I think what he would say is simply this, that this was his service to the Lord. That he was helping someone who was in need. Now, don't think for even a moment that I am implying that all of us should stop for every person on the side of the highway and help them. I know it can be, and it has been for many, a dangerous thing. But what I'm thinking in this particular situation, Brian felt like God was prompting him to do this. It was more than just the fact that he was a good person. I'm thinking that he felt prompted by God to do what he did. This, and he, did, he didn't offer any excuses to God. When God said, I want you to stop and help this guy, that's what he did. In spite of it being inconvenient for him. And isn't it true? Isn't it true for you? That oftentimes God prompts you to do good deeds of service in His name. The question is, will we listen to His prompting when He does that for us? And it doesn't take you long at all, even as you sit in your seat this morning, to think of an instance where God prompted you to do something for somebody. The question is, When he does that to us, are we going to listen to him? Are we going to have open ears? Are we going to have a willing heart? Are we going to do what he tells us to do? Let's not 
be like these in the text who have offered excuses. Who, let's not be one who says, Lord, first let me go and do my thing. No, might we be all about his thing. If he alerts us to someone who is in need, let's be willing to act on that and help that person. If he prompts us to witness to someone, let's not excuse ourselves from witnessing. Instead, let's act on his behalf. Jesus is not interested in our excuses. He is interested in our obedience to him. I'll give to you one more point. There are blessings for those who do follow Jesus, and there are consequences for those who don't. In each of the texts that I've read to you from Luke's Gospel, that truth is very clear. And it is a teaching that is throughout Scripture. If you choose to be His disciple and you live that out in your life, you're going to have His blessing on your life. He's going to pour His goodness, His grace upon you as you choose to follow Him and listen to Him. You choose differently than that. If you choose to live for yourself, there's going to be consequences. Haven't you felt the favor of God and His blessing in your life when you have done something for someone and you have done it in His name? I'm thinking just recently of an incident in my life where God prompted me to do something for someone in His name. A good deed. And, and in this particular instance, I followed His prompting. I'll have to tell you, I don't always do that. I don't always follow His prompting. Sometimes He'll put something before me. He'll open my eyes or my ears. I'll see a need that somebody has and, and I'll lay it aside. I'll excuse myself. Do you ever do that? I'll lay it aside. Oftentimes, with good intentions, I'll say, I don't have time right now. I'll get to that later. And then I may not get around to it. In fact, I've seen it many times where in that instance, somebody else will step in. God will send somebody else to meet that need in that person's life. And there I've missed out. I've missed out on the blessing of meeting that need. I've missed out on being a blessing to that person. I've not honored God in that instance. And so what I'm saying is, when God opens your eyes and He opens your ears, He makes you aware of something that He wants you to do in His name, to His glory. If you follow that prompting, There's going to be a blessing there for you. Don't miss out on that blessing. And again, I I would imagine if Brian were here today to give a testimony, just to give his perspective on this helping this family on Highway 70 who was in need, and then just going over the top and sending a, a gift to us, I would venture to say that he's been blessed out of this situation more than even what I have been blessed. Think about that. He's had fun with this. Because Jesus himself said through the book of Acts, Luke's writing, it's more blessed to give than to receive. 
He's been on the giving end. I've been on the receiving end. And though I I can tell you how greatly I have been blessed in this situation, if what Jesus said is true, he's been blessed greater than what I've been blessed. Think about this. Do you some, sometimes feel like your Christian life is in a rut? You ever feel like things are just kind of blasé in your walk with Jesus and there's no excitement there? And, I, and I'll tell you, in that kind of a situation, when people are feeling like that, Oftentimes, they're looking for somebody to blame, and sometimes the church gets blamed for that. Sometimes the preacher gets blamed for that. You know, my life's in the blase rut, and so it must be the church's fault, or it must be the preacher's fault, and I'm not getting enough. What I would encourage you to do, instead of thinking along that line, is to do some self-examination and make sure of two things. Make sure of two things. One, make sure that you are staying closely connected to the Father. Make sure that you are worshiping Him. Make sure that you are loving Him with your whole heart. Make sure that you are in the Word and praying and that you are growing in Him and, and, and He's Filling you up with His Holy Spirit. Make sure that you are connected with Him. Number two, make sure that you are doing and giving and loving others. Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. When you are giving and when you are loving and when you are serving and when you are doing for others and you are out of yourself and your mindset is what can I do for somebody else? God's promise is He's going to pour His blessings upon you. You're going to be filled up with His Holy Spirit. So check those two things in your life. Check your connection with the Father and check your willingness and availability in serving others and doing for others. You remember Jesus in John 13 becoming the the servant by washing his disciples' feet? After he did that, he stood before his disciples and he challenged them to take on the same attitude that he had, that of a servant. He said this, You do as I have done unto you. And in verse 17 he said, If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. What's the word bless mean? Happy. It means happy. I looked it up this last week again, just to make sure this is the word. Same word used in the, in the Beatitudes that Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit and those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is the same word in the original language where Jesus says, Blessed are you when you do these things, when you become a servant, when you look for others to do something for them, to wash their feet, 
you will be made happy. The world needs that. The church needs that. Could I encourage you to just put away your excuses that would keep you from being everything that God wants you to be? And just determine that you're going to be His disciple. You're going to step up and you're going to be His disciple. You're going to be that servant-minded person that He wants you to be as He opens your eyes, as He opens your ears, and you see people who are in need and you move to meet those needs. It's going to bless them. It's going to bless you. And it's going to honor God the Father. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that Jesus didn't make any excuses about why he couldn't go to the cross, why he couldn't suffer in our place, why he couldn't leave heaven to come here. Help us to put away excuses. Help us to recognize the deception of the devil. Sometimes we think these excuses are legitimate. Help us to have the mind of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let's stand together and let's sing. You have a decision upon your heart. Come. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, put away your excuse. It doesn't hold water with Jesus. Give yourself to Him. Let's sing together.